The 384th edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Sports is back with their Circus Survivor or Circa Millions contest. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circusports.com. Yo, Jen Marinos. Welcome to episode 384 of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This is dedicated to my children and my dogs for not interrupting me while I do this episode. So it's a preemptive, um, preemptive uh, dedication. We'll see if they earn it. Thanks for coming to the show. I am one of your hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox, and we are back in your rehearsals to finish off our UFC fight night, Aspinall versus Tybura, aka UFC London breakdown. Yesterday's Episode was a mammoth one. We we broke down nine fights. Um, in, a lot of interesting fights, though. A lot of uh, interesting lines, advantageous lines. What we got in, on the bunch of dogs. So make sure you listen to that if you have not already. Hopefully today's is just as good. Not as many fights, but we are gonna finish off with our parlays and our props and our locks and our dogs and all that fun stuff. So before that, we have six fights to break down on the main card. And of course, I need someone to help me here. It would be the one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. Yeah, that that uh, I will say while it's a nine fight prelim card, there's not a yep. fight on there where I'm like, eh, I don't really want to watch that. Apart from maybe, I don't really want to see Brian Barberena get beat up. Uh, <laughs> no. and, and as we talked about on the last episode, I kind of think he's gonna. Uh, but apart from that, like the other eight, just are like kind of fun and intriguing fights. Yeah, nothing super high stakes. Um other than uh, for the fighters involved. Nothing like that's probably... Well, I guess the, the women's bantamweight fight is, is pretty high stakes. Uh, there's some that, ranked fighters. Yeah, yeah. Though, that's a pair of, like, top 10 ranked fighters. Yeah. And then I also say, I think Marcos versus Grant winds up being fairly high stakes. Like, Grant cool. is... Grant is 5-2 and two in his only loss to ranked fighters. He's only yep. lost to, to Marlon Vera and uh, Adrian Yanez, which means if, if Marcos can get by him... I mean, like, he probably puts himself in a, a conversation at Bantamweight, which is not easy to do two fights no. into your UFC career. No. Yeah, so definitely listen to that. I, I'm sure you have, because you're hardcores. All our listeners are hardcores. Thank you for helping us basically every month, pretty much. Not to humble brag here, but every month we seem to get new download records. So um, thank you for that. It's not us, it's you. You're the people that make that happen. So um Thank you, Hardcores and Sickos and, and all, all our friends listening to the show. All right. We should probably jump into her because, like I said, six fights. Got some fancy, fancy picks to do at the end. We'll have some banter in between. It'll be a, it'll be a good time. Um, before we get into that, I'll tell you about another good time. A good time to win some money is over at Circus Sports currently. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor are back. $14 million in guaranteed prizes are up for grabs. Circuit Millions gets you, uh, in that one, you have to pick five NFL picks against the spread each week. In Circuit Survivor, all you have to do is pick a different money line winner each week. Gummy says Cowboys for the first week. You enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Sports Gambling Podcast will be out there the last weekend in August. CircusSports.com for all the details. That's C-I-R-C-A-S-P-O-R-T-S.com. Have you decided what you're doing with your $14 million when you win? No, I told you when it rolls back around to UFC Boston, uh, I'll probably need that money for extra it? ticket. Yeah, I'm just gonna okay. hold on to it. Yeah, I'm kind of a Invested. I'm kind of a, a low key squirrely guy. 
Good. You 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 got it. Oh, that's a good title, Dan. Low key squirrely guy. Low key low key squirrely guy. Yeah. You, you said a good title for the last episode too, which I'm uh, I don't let you know in advance. But yeah, this one's good. It better be Michael Johnson Truth. It better be Michael Johnson. I was thinking about that. But I don't want to be. I don't want to be labeled that. Not at all. All right. So this is UFC Fight Day Aspinall versus Tyber, aka UFC at London, because it's going down in the O2 Arena in London, England, July 22nd, which would be this. Saturday night. What's when's the main card start, Dan? Since I forgot to look that up again. Oh, I think it was four, noon. I thought it was four or five o'clock, but I'll uh, I'll get you the official in two seconds. I can. Oh, really? Okay, two seconds we can wait for. I guess prelims were noon. I believe you said right on ESPN Plus and UFC yeah. Fight Pass. Oh no! Uh, this, hang on, it's it's buried a little deeper than I thought it was. Sorry. Go ahead. You I'll keep talking. You. Keep telling us I'll about this, to it. this fight. I bet card. I can beat you to it. Um, this one is on ESPN plus only, which means it may not be on TSN up here, which is a problem. 3 p.m. Eastern is when it's going to start. Us Are they going to fit all of those prelims between noon and three? <laughs> I, maybe they plan on a bunch of fights falling off down. Cause yeah, nine prelims in three hours seems like a lot, but good. No, nobody's getting a post fight interview. <laughs> exactly. Keep it rolling. Even though there's tons of, uh, tons of UK fighters on the card who people want to hear from. Um, like this, like the opener in the uh, main card, uh, featherweights, Lironi Murphy, a UKer versus Joshua Kulebao, a non-UKer. Um, we tell you about, oh no, I lost the odds for Kulebao. Um, boom, 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 let me see if I, now I can, I can do it another way. I typed in a little, a low key squirrely guy and now the odds are gone down, but that's okay. <laughs> Kulebao is, is the underdog. Um, I'm going to tell you about him first. All right. Um, his nickname is Kuya Kuyo, excuse me, I think, right? K U Y, let me scroll up. K U Y A, sorry, Kuya. Do you know what that means? I don't like older brother, like oh. a, a, almost like a father figure, a brotherly figure, so uh, or a wise older person. So that is him. Um, Kulibao, he is 11 1 and 1, five knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out once, three 1 and 1 in the UFC. He's won three straight fights. Won his last fight via submission. Used to fight at lightweight. Multiple regional championships on his... Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash store. Inch of height over Murphy. Three years younger. He's been outstruck uh, over the UFC by 0.17 strikes per minute. Plus 130. Lironi, the Miracle Murphy. 12-0-1 with seven knockouts. 4-0-1 in the UFC. He's won four straight fights. Was a regional champion. Used to fight at lightweight. Striking and active striking and grappling stats better than Kuya's in the UFC. Del struck his, his opponents by 0.94 strikes per minute in the UFC, minus 150. Despite all that, I am still going dog here in Kulabao. Murphy barely squeaked out a victory in his last fight over a fighter who's 0-2 in the UFC now. Um, Kulabao is seen to be looking better and better with every fight. So give me Kuya here at more plus money. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to take Josh Kulabao. I, I, like, um, I like the fact that First of all, Kulabao cracks. I think people sleep on how good his hands are and how powerful his hands are. Um, and I think that's trouble against Murphy because Murphy ate a lot of punches from... Uh, it was Gabriel Santos, right? Who, who beat yep. up... Mosquitino. Yeah, I, I thought Santos won that fight um, really Yeah, easily. most people I, did. I, I looked at uh, MMA decisions so when I was breaking down the fight. Yeah, most people picked um, picked him to win that fight. Yeah, but anyway, Kulabao cracks, um, even though he doesn't have knockouts in, in a little while. Like, you go back, he does have a bunch of them in there. I've seen him, you know, hurt guys like Charles Jourdain. That's certainly a good one to have in his resume. And also, like, sleepy good grappling, right? Like, he, he only needed 
what was it, like six seconds on the ground with Melsic Bogdazarian before he had his neck sunk in the choke and it was over. Um, and that's really a win that's aged well uh, because Melsic Bogdazarian looked good against Tucker Lutz. Um, he had had a couple of good wins before that. That's now, you know, Melsic's only loss in the UFC or was to to Josh Kulabau. I think Kulabau brings a lot of things and I think people sleep on how good he is. So yeah, give me him at dog money here. I, I think that's a good play. All right. I agree, obviously, because I picked it as well. All right. We're off with some plus money, which is always nice to start off with. Let's go down or up, excuse me, to lightweights. Jai Herbert versus Ferris Zaim. So more UK, another UK fighter in uh, Herbert. Um, I would tell you about him first. The Black Country Badger, Jai Herbert, one of the best nicknames around. Banger. 12. Banger, not Banger. Badger. I always put Badger. <laughs> I, this happened last time, did it not? I think, I think so. I, did, I think it did. The, oh my God, that's so funny. I think you also called him the Backcountry Badger last time. So that's even better. Yeah, the, black the Black Country Banger makes more sense. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, Herbert, 12 4 and 1. Nine knockouts, one submission. Three, he's been knocked out three times, submitted once. So he's been finishing all his losses. Two, three, and one in the UFC. One, one, and one over his last three. Uh, he did draw in his last fight. Was a Cage Warriors champion in the previous life. Two inches of height over Zaim. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.37 strikes per minute, plus 145 the number on him. Smile killer, Fariz Zaim. 13 and four, five knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted three times, three and two in the UFC. He's won three of his last four, including his last fight. Multiple region championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Used to fight at Welterweight and middleweight, nine years younger than Herbert, striking and grappling stats better than Herbert's. He's outstruck his opponents by 0.82 strikes per minute in the UFC, and he's at minus 150. I'm going to go Jai Herbert here. Uh, what, what really? Say, yeah, what did you say was the plus money plus on Plus 145. Yeah, I, I think, uh, look, I, I think if Ferris Zayim commits to grappling regularly, he's got a decent shot. But the fact of the matter is, is like, he really has decided to be a striker, um, which is kind of crazy. Because if you look at the early parts of his career, he was doing a lot of good work with his grappling. But since then, like, he's decided to throw his hands way more often and to just be a guy who stands up and has, like, fun fights on the feet. And it hasn't really worked out for him. And the part that worries me the most is he's not really used to fighting somebody with his length, right? Like, he's a pretty long, lanky guy. 6'1", 75-inch reach at lightweight. He's, he's going to be the, the guy with less reach in this fight. Um, and, and like, he, he had a majority decision against Luigi Vendramini. He was badly outgrappled by Jamie Malarkey. Um, you know, like, Terrence McKinney took it to him, which in retrospect, not a good loss. You know, Don Madge outgrappled him. I think if he's forced to stand and trade with Jai Herbert, I think Jai Herbert probably hurts him. Um, Jai Herbert's got big power. I think people forget to Jai Herbert dropped Ilya Tapuria uh, with a strike, you know, and, and you granted, yeah, Tapuria is coming up a weight class, but Tapuria got knocked down by one of Jai Herbert's strikes. So like Jai Herbert works well from range. I think if Zayim tries to trade with him from there, I, I think he's going to get hurt. Um, So yeah, get, give me Jai Herbert. I'm going to start with dog double dogs here. You know what? You sold me on it too. This is one of the ones I was uh, going back and forth on. Mostly it was, uh, I dug into some stats on Neat Latshaw's site. Um, yeah, they both strike, both spend 46% of their time striking from distance. Um, Zayim is better striking from distance. Like his, his uh, 
differential is much uh, better than Herbert's, but he's not hit as hard as Herbert does. Herbert's got a much higher knockdown rate. Uh, Zayim has never knocked anyone down in the UFC. And uh, when it comes to to grappling, Herbert's just well, maybe not just as good as grappling, but his grappling stats are better than uh, than Zayim's as well. So yeah, I, I think he is worthy of a stab at the underdog money as well. And, so and, that's good. and I'll throw I'll throw this in here too. You know, because you mentioned they're about the same percentage striking from distance. But would yep. you rather have a guy with the same striking percentage from distance who's fought the likes of Luigi Vendramini, Don <laughs> Madge, and Michael Figlak? Or would yeah. you rather have the guy who's fought in Aliyah Tapuria, Hanato Moicano, Francisco Trinaldo, even Kyle Nelson? That that win is is aged kind of well. Kama Worthy is outside of the UFC, but he at least throws well from distance. Like the guys Jai Herbert has fought to rack up those kind of stats, I think way better than the guys Ferris Zaim has fought to rack up his stats. Yep, very good point. Plus the power is definitely in the the banging badgers uh favor so herbert <laughs> herbert's the pick all right we going dog here again let's see middleweights paul craig drop it down to middleweight versus andre muniz craig the bear jew 16 6 and 1 three knockouts 13 submissions so he's finished all of his wins he's been knocked out four times submitted once so he's gone to the distance twice by my math one draw and one decision loss eight six and one in the ufc he's lost two straight fights before that he won four straight Lost his last fight via TKO. He's fight or predominantly fought at uh, light heavyweight. This, in fact, this is his 185 debut. Multiple two championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt. Sportsgamingpodcast.com slash store. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion. He also is a pro grappler. He also went 1-0 as a pro kickboxer. Two inches taller than Muniz. More active landing strikes than Muniz is. He's been outstruck by his opponents in the UFC by 0.44 strikes per minute. He's at plus 190. Sergio Pano. Andre Muniz or Andre Sergio Muniz. That sounds better. 23 and five, four knockouts, 15 submissions knocked. He's been knocked out four times submitted once. So he's been finishing all of his losses, mostly by knockout five and one in the UFC lost his last fight via submission. Uh Oh, he went two and all in the contender series He's a regional champion. He used to fight up at lightweight, light heavyweight as well. 2009 pro MMA debut for him. Two inches of reach on Craig three years younger Striking and grappling stats in his favor. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.38 strikes per minute. He's at minus 220. Uh, give me Muniz here. Um, Craig, this is the classic. Um, he's not super old, but he's going to be, what, I think 36 later this year. But guy uh, later in his career um, struggling to win fights at his natural weight class decides, hey, I'm going to move weight classes. And that's what he's doing here. He's moving up to light heavyweight against guy who... Uh, who is just as dangerous as he is on the feet and a and a better striker than him and the uh, and younger and longer basically everything's pointing to Muniz here. So give me Andre Muniz. Yeah, and and for me, uh, I think this is a better move stylistically in weight than Brian Barberena's is. Right, we were talking about Brian Barberena kind of getting bullied at 170 pounds, and he decides to go up where people are stronger and bigger. Doesn't make much sense. Um, whereas here, Craig. He's he's not getting any top positions in his grappling up at, at 205. So he's going to come down to 185. I think there's a chance he takes 185ers down, right? There's a chance he winds up not just looking for submissions off of his back nonstop for 15 minutes and then losing a decision or having people pull out of his guard and forcing him to stand up and having him flop like a fish for 15 minutes. Like, it's a good move, I think, for Paul Craig. Let me Let me first of all say that. Okay. But the problem being, 
is they he the moment he dropped down, they gave him the worst possible matchup at that weight. Right? He's not going to submit Andre Muniz. I think Andre Muniz is a better wrestler than him. As you mentioned, he's stronger, he's longer, he's you know younger. All, all of those things work against Paul Craig. If you had dropped Paul Craig down and given him a striker at this weight class, or even given him somebody like Mahmoud Muradov, like I, I would favor him. I, I would like his chances to pick up a submission against Mahmoud Muradov. I don't like his chances to do it against Muniz. As bad as Muniz looked against Brendan Allen, that that loss has aged well. I think yep. uh, I think his submission game holds up here. I also think he probably just stalls every submission attempt from Paul Craig and either beats him up from on top or beats him up on the feet. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going Muniz here, too. I feel pretty comfortable about that number. Hate to say it, Paul Craig, you're a fun one, but yeah. Um, he seems to be on this slippery slope. Uh, down, down, down in his career. All right, we're going to go up, up, up. Actually, down to down weight class, but up, up, up the fight card to featherweights. Nathaniel Wood versus Andre Feely. We're just flying through the uh, the main card here. Touchy Feely, of course, is the nickname. Another one of the best nicknames in the business. 22 and 9 with one no contest. Nine knockouts, three submissions for Feely. Been knocked out three times, submitted twice. 10 and 8 with one no contest in the UFC. Uh, he's got one and two with one no contest over his last four. And two and three with one, one no contest over his last six. He did win his last fight. He's missed weight before. Uh, 2009 was, has, was, is something. His pro MMA debut. Five inches height, five inches of reach over Wood. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.2 strikes per minute, plus 188. It's a number. Nathaniel Wood, the prospect, even though he's in his 30s. 19 and five, nine knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice, submitted twice. Six and two in the UFC. He's won two straight fights and three of five. Has not lost since October of 2020. Used to fight down at a weight was the cage warriors champion at that weight class one no in bellator 2012 pro MMA debut three years younger than feely better striking stats and he's almost two times more active landing strikes better grappling stats as well and he's outstruck his opponents by almost two strikes a minute in the ufc plus one nine one point nine two minus 200 is the number on the board my turn it be yep uh i'm gonna take uh i'm gonna take nathaniel wood uh, I've really liked his move up to featherweight. Uh, originally, I was a little bit hesitant on it. I didn't think he was going to play that well up there because he's so small. Um, but his speed uh, is, is just a game changer, I think, in a lot of fights. You, know, you saw it in the uh, Charles Rosa fight, and then he really settled in. In the um, Was it Charles Jordan he fought second? I think it was Charles Jordan he fought yeah, second. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so he really settled in in that Charles Jordan fight. Um, he looks fast. He looks sharp. I still think the wrestling's there. It might be harder for him to wrestle with Andre Feely. Um, but then you also have to just kind of, like, worry about Andre Feely's chin, too, right? Uh, Joe Anderson Burrito tagged him and really put him out uh, in a way that, like, makes you worry about him in future fights. I'm not saying Nathaniel Wood is, like, a big, heavy puncher, but he is really fast um, and cracks a little bit. Plus, like, you know, that that Feely win over Bill Algio, that's not a fight I, I really would, you know, would instill me with much confidence. Um, because, you know, he, Bill Algio, I've struck him pretty heavily. And Bill Algio is not nearly as fast as uh, as Nathaniel Wood is. So I, I think Nathaniel Wood's just going to outwork him. He's going to be way faster and, and going to deal with him pretty easily. Yeah, I agree with all that. Wood is my, my pick as well. Um... Yeah, more dangerous on the feet and uh, younger fighter. And, and Dan said, um, 
much more faster and more athletic. So he is the pick here, as is Underdog Fantasy. There, our pick as well. We are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Media 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. So underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, we shall continue our rapid move through this fight card. Co-main event time. Julius Stolaranko, co-main event. Just what we, what we uh, asked for. Women's flyweights, Molly McCann versus Julia Stolarenko. Stolarenko, 10, 7, and 2 with nine submissions. She's been knocked out three times, submitted once, one and five in the UFC. She's won one of her last five fights, one and four. That would be her record. She did get TKO'd in her last fight. This fight at Bantamweight and Featherweight, so she was up two weight classes before. One known Invicta and was the champion there. Was a regional champion, 2012 pro MMA debut. Was a Lethway champion, a BJJ champion. She's got three inches of height, four inches of reach on McCann and is three years younger. Uh, she's been outstruck over the UFC, in the UFC by point, 1.86 strikes per minute, plus 200 for her. Meatball Molly McCann, another great nickname. 13 and five with six knockouts. She's been submitted twice. Six and four in the UFC. She won three of her last four. Lost her last bit via submission. Has missed weight before. Was, a, was the Cage Warriors champion. Also was a regional champion. Striking stats in her favor, and she's twice more active landing strikes. She's outstruck her UFC opponents by 0.82 strikes per minute, minus 205. So the UFC are back to feeding up, um, feeding up big fat meatballs to Meatball Molly. Um, they like to give her, uh, not cans, because that's rude to say, but they like to give her favorable matchups, we'll say, uh, in the, in her fights. And it seems when they don't do that, she loses. Now they're back to give her a favorable fight in uh, her home country so yeah obviously mccann is the pick here assuming she can keep it on the feet i'm hoping that she can um could be in trouble if still gets her down but i think meatball is going to light her up in the feet and win the fight yeah so you know to the surfing her up big fat meatballs i thought you were taking a stab at the fact that still the Orenko's missed weight a bunch of times um, oh no <laughs> that, that would be mean i wouldn't do that but um, you would but- uh, apparently no but with, with that being said uh yeah I, i'm with you on this one i like molly mccann uh, I think she's probably going to finish Stolia Renko here because look, if you're missing weight at 135 pounds, what are you doing going to 125 pounds? Um, you, you know, you would have to assume she's doing some kind of uh, amazing strength and conditioning program. And I don't assume that I assume she's making an ill-advised choice. I hope this fight actually gets to the cage. Cause I'm concerned about that. It was her that fainted on the scale, right? Yeah, I, I believe so. And that, that's what a smart man on top turtle podcast said. Who sounds a lot like you? So maybe that's you confirming what you said. But yeah, no, I think I think you're correct in that. All right. So so yeah, like I, I don't give her. You know, I, I don't trust the fact that she's going to fight at 25. I don't trust that she'll have the energy to take down Molly McCann more than once. And also, let's just talk about the fact that she just lost largely in a grappling match to Chelsea Chandler, um, and that is a that is a loss that is aged very poorly. Uh, Because Chelsea Chandler didn't look very good in her grappling in her last fight. So, yeah, I think think Molly McCann here. I also think Molly McCann by late stoppage is probably a good pick. If you look at her KO in the third round prop, it's like 11 or 12 to 1, depending on where you're looking. And if you think she's going to get it done in the second, like plus 800, 
I, I don't think she's going to come out there and get her done in the first round. I think she's going to wear her out in the first round. But if, if you wanted to even stack those two uh, second and third round pops, it's going to pay four to one either way if you bet both of them, right? So um, four to one or five and a half to one. So I, I like both of those plays too. Yeah, I, I didn't even didn't even mention the the weight cutting issue here. So yeah, that's that's another thing that's in the favor of of Stolarenko. So all right, it's main event time, is it not? It is. All right, heavyweights, Tom Aspinall versus Marcin Tybura is what is being served up as the main course here. We'll tell you about Tybura first. Tiber is the nickname. So his his last name minus one letter. Very, very good. My my nickname's foe then, Dan. I think I, I think I did the joke before, didn't I? I've I've heard it once or twice before. Correct. <laughs> Your nickname's Relan. All right. Uh, Tybura is 24 and seven, nine knockouts, six submissions. He's been knocked out four times, 11 and six in the UFC. He's won two straight fights in seven of eight. Was the M1 a champion for this uh, 2011 Pro MMA debut. He's got a positive strike differential of 0.24 strikes per minute. He's at plus 360. Aspinall, 12 and three, nine knockouts, three submissions. He's been knocked, uh, knocked out once, submitted once. Five and one in the UFC. Got TKO'd in his last fight. So that was a knockout, but it really was an injury, uh, knee injury. Um, so he hasn't really been knocked out yet. Uh, one low as a pro boxer. Two inch sight on Tybura, eight years younger. Striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor, and he's two times more active landing strikes than Tybura is. He's got, listen to this strike differential 4.54 strikes per minute. Pretty impressive at, uh, for a guy who can crack like him. And he's at minus 450. There you go. Uh, I uh, I don't love the number on Aspinall, but I'm going to go no. Aspinall. The, the only thing that gives me hesitation is, like, how bad is his name? Um, you know, like, for the yep. same reason I, like, hesitated on the Panty Keon Zod front. Like, I, I'm hesitating on the the Tom Aspinall front because, like, what happens if his knee is really messed up? Um, and so I'm going to take him here. I like him. I think he cracks better on the feet. I think he's better than Marcin Tibera everywhere. Marcin Tibera is a grinder, and he's not a be- – I don't think he's a better wrestler than Aspinall. We saw Aspinall take down Volkov and just beat the hell out of him down there before he submitted him. Um, and, and, like, Marcin Tibera is a guy who wants to turn it into that kind of fight, and I don't think he's better at it. And then if Aspinall decides to shuck off the takedown attempts, we're going to do this standing. And if we do this standing, Aspinall's going to knock him out. Like, he's got the power to knock him out. Tybura takes enough punches. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like Aspinall. I don't think I like negative 450, but I do like him to win here. Yeah, you don't really like my 450 in a heavyweight fight, especially for a guy who's coming off an injury. It hasn't even been a full year yet. It, I think it's one day less uh, than the year from when he got injured. So, um, yeah, he's my pick as well. Just a way better fighter, a younger fighter, more dangerous fighter. But, uh 450 probably not going to get into our, our recommended place. So, all right. That speaking of that, we're gonna we're gonna jump into that in a second after I recap our picks here. We both have Aspinall. I have oh sorry, we both have McCann. I almost had you with Stolarenko. No, no, no. Both have McCann. We both have Wood. We both have Muniz. We both have Herbert, and we both have Kulibau. A straight consensus across the board for us. All right, time for our locks, our dogs, our props, and a parlay. I, I believe I'm first up. This time for a lock, I'm going to take Andre Muniz at minus 220. You know, that was almost my play. Uh, I'm going to go yeah. uh, Molly McCann. Uh, I okay. think uh, I think her path to victory is pretty clear. Uh, I think the fact that uh, Stolarenko's coming down in weight, I just kind of, my, my bigger fear is that the fight doesn't happen. Uh, I'll probably hold off through weigh-ins to bet on this fight, not even because 
uh, I need to to see how people look on the scale just because I I don't believe it's going to happen. Oh, okay. There we go. Um, dog time. Let me see. Um, give me in the opener, Baris at plus 110 over Philo. Um, I'm also going to go early in the fight card as well for my underdog, but I'm going to take, uh, you know, Ashmo's. Uh, I, I think uh, his power is intriguing in the fact that he's got the wrestling in the back pocket also is, is very tempting. Ashmo's plus 130 for Gumby. All right. Um, Fancy play now, a prop play. Let me think. Do I have anything for a prop? Hmm. Do you have one off the top of your head? And I can I can see if I can think of one here, Dan. I don't have sure. I, I uh I'm head. gonna go with Jai Herbert by knockout as my big prop of the week. Um <laughs> it, it seems likely that he's gonna tag Ferris Zayameth the longer they stay on the feet. And uh it's 450 on a Jai Herbert knockout. Um which seemed kind of crazy to me because uh, I thought that was like the clearest way he could win. And he's not a huge underdog. So yeah, I, I like Jai Herbert knockout plus 450. All right. Um, let me check on the number on this one, if I like it or not. Um, do, 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 do. Where is Murdoch via knockout? I don't see it. Do you see odds for it anywhere? So that one isn't been posted for knockout yet, um, okay. which is kind of annoying. But Muradoff inside the distance is plus 135. Okay. Mm. So like, you, you can play just straight inside the distance and, and like, wait on the KO prop. I mean, you got to imagine the KO prop's going to wind up being right around, like, plus 200 or maybe a little bit more than that. Probably. Here, I got another one I'm thinking of. Let me check that. I'm sure everyone loves well, me killing time, checking odds here. Let me um, – okay, give me Marcos via knockout what do you think of that plus 250 over dangerous davy grant who's never been knocked out before but i think it could happen here a younger he has his, he has had his, his jaw broken though although that was in a win yeah. um yeah i like marcos by knockout i think there's a real possibility there so uh i, I dig that play so um marcos ko i'm just sticking that in my spreadsheet yep. as well 250 uh, all right, so, All right. So we got McCann so, and Muniz as our locks. We got Ajmuz and Bariz as our dogs. We got Herbert knockout, Marcos knockout as our props. So we're looking for some knockouts this weekend. And now time for the Hunger Man John Superfan parlay. Two fights, going to pay you big money when we hit. Go ahead. All right, so I'm just going to take two inside the distance props here. Two fighters who I think can get it done. Uh, I'm not going to get real picky and choosy about the knockouts and submissions. A lot of, because there's not a lot of those props posted for the early fights yet. Um, I, I'm going to take Ashmoos inside the distance. I mentioned I like him as my dog of the week because of his power. Um, you know, I, I like him to win straight up because, you know, there is a chance maybe he just gets too much wrestling going to get the finish. But it, as far as throwing a big parlay out there, him inside the distance is plus 250 right now. Uh, which I think is a, a valuable play there because then you get, you know, you can get the rear naked choke in there too if he does happen to take down Duncan and, and work from there. Um, and I'm going to pair that with Jamal Pogues inside the distance. Pogues hasn't been a big finisher lately, but he is fighting a guy in Mick Parkin who hasn't gone the distance uh, in a lot of his fights. I think his gas tank is kind of crappy and his striking defense isn't all that great. So I think there's a real chance that Pogues gets his first finish in a while here. That one's also plus 250 inside the distance. Um, and I'm playing that one inside the distance, too, because Pogues, like I mentioned earlier uh, on last uh, yesterday's show, rather, um, I, I like the fact that he came up as a grappler and he kind of has those skills in his back pocket. I think we could see Parkin just tire out and wind up getting choked out, too. So uh, 
That's 250. Ash moves inside the distance is plus 250. That gets you plus 1125 on the return. Nice. That's what we like to see. All right. We are done. That is it for UFC London, except for Sunday when we come back and recap and count all the money that we won. Uh, you can catch us in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. We're in the fights channel normally. It's, it's jumping even when fights are, aren't happening. When fights are happening, it's very, very uh, busy in there. So make sure you get in there. Have some fun. Uh, Twitter, SGPN MMA, Jeff Fox Writer, and Gumby Vreeland are the handles. Uh, my sub stack, sign up and enter my pick em contest, free pick em contest at moneymma.substack.com. Listen to Gumby's other podcast, Minus Me, Top Turtle MMA Podcast. This week, he interviews uh, someone from the prelims, Penny Kianzad and Abdul Kareem. What's his last name? Al Sawade. Al Sawade. Al Sawade. Right. Yep. Al Sawade from. Uh, he will be fighting. What's the what week of contender series is he on? Uh, I believe he's on week two. Okay, so very soon, a few a uh, few weeks, we shall be seeing him fight. So listen to those interviews; they're very good, as all his interviews always are. And then all good things in sports gambling can be found at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Gumby, take us out of here. All right, I'm David Gumby Freeland. He's Meatball Jeff Fox, and we will see you on Sunday. <laughs>